Welcome to Send It Rising. Yes, we have officially rebranded, formerly marketing as a foreign language. Now it's Send It Rising. Soul meets business. Why is it called Send It Rising? Well, that happens to be the name of my company. I happen to think that the words Send It Rising elicit, I don't know, a certain kind of positive vibe that I'm going for. And why are we calling it Soul Meets Business? Well, as you've probably realized by now, um, listening to the various interviews that we do on the show, I'm interested in souls. No, it sounds wild, huh? Um, but the uh, the general idea uh, is that we are trying to get to the deepest possible point, the most profound insights that we can find. And uh, to me, there is a, for lack of a better word, spiritual component to business. Um, I know that's not the word uh, for many of you and for my scientist friends. Uh, let's call it a incredibly profound understanding of the uh, neurological connections that uh, we experience as a human being. Whatever you want to call it, I call it soul. Uh, soul meets business. So that's what we're focused on. So when we take a look at, say, Facebook or Twitter, we're going to be trying to look at it from the lens of people who are fulfilling their karma, which is to say, we're gonna take a look at these social media platforms um, from a human perspective. Um, people who suffer, people that are trying to do their best in this world, that is why uh, the name of the show, Send It Rising, there's your positivity, soul meets business, the deepness meeting capitalism. How do we combine our purpose in life with um, making money? because we all need to do that. And so that is the new name of the show. Welcome to it. I kept the same episodes because I am proud that we are on episode 330, um, but the rebrand is official. So if you do a search for Send It Rising, on, uh, you're going to find my company and you may not find the podcast, but shortly, I hope, iTunes and Spotify, um, when you make a search or do a search for those uh, in those platforms, Send It Rising will appear as the podcast. Thank you to everyone who supported the podcast up until this point. I genuinely appreciate all of you. Um, but yes, the name is officially changed. Send It Rising. In case you're wondering, I was in a band called Send It Rising back in the day. And uh, so I know it's an original idea. And then final thing I'll say about this is uh, I was at the skate park maybe a year ago. And there were these children. There were these youngins. And they would say, send it, bro send it bro and i would go what what does that mean and it means like recklessly go for it do it anyway <laughs> and so send it rising uh which you know is like 12 years old at this point um is a concept that uh i can't take credit for the skateboarders doing it but it feels like there's a synergy let's get into what we're going to be talking about today the main story is that likes anger emojis and rsvps the math behind facebook's news feed and how it backfired this one from cnn.com we're going to be talking about something meaningful social interactions is what it's called and, and facebook made a big shift in late 2017 where they basically started showing folks posts from their friends as opposed to posts that were the most popular and this could easily be targeted as um, one of the main technological advances that got us into the bubble, right? So if it's your friends, your family, your tribe, um, you just see what they talk about. And so clearly there are political ramifications of this. And then you could argue its influence on elections, et cetera. So we're going to dive into that technology, better understand that. 
We're also going to be talking about a 20-year-old entrepreneur who started a VC firm to bankroll early-stage crypto startups. A lot of people are making a lot of money in crypto, and a lot of people, oh yeah, are losing a lot of money in cryptocurrency. It is the um, economic revolution of our time. A couple articles from TechCrunch. We're going to be talking about TikTok dodging questions about biometric data in a Senate hearing. Uh, about five years ago, I started saying that you're going to be able to get elected as a public official simply based on your social media um, positions. And uh, these Senate hearings are just confirming what I've been talking about for years now, which is that TikTok, Facebook, Snapchat, LinkedIn, Twitter, global entities, uh, the politicians, they have to play in this space. And so in regards to biometric data, we're talking about swiping, keystroke patterns, this sort of stuff, even face prints and voice prints. So, oof, I mean, we're, we're diving deep, deep, deep. In unrelated news, um, on TikTok, if you want to follow me, I am at Send It Rising. Uh, I just had my first TikTok that got over 5,000 views. Very excited about that. So follow me at Send It Rising on TikTok. If you're not on TikTok, let me tell you, it's a very exciting place to be. Um, TikTok bringing its video kit to desktop, web, and consoles. So there's a new uh, way to create TikTok content um, and get it up there. That's not your phone. Briefly talk about that. Finding answers to the problems identified in the latest Facebook leaks will be a complex process. That from social media today. We're going to touch on Frances Haugen, whistleblower, what she figured out, and um, something we've chatted about a few times on the show, which is, is this an algorithm problem or a Facebook selfishness problem? Why uh, very little uh, of the hate speech on the platform is being addressed. And Twitter rising to 211 million active users, though longer term growth targets looking harder to reach. We're going to look at uh, Twitter's growth and get a sense there. Let's get started. Main story of the day is uh, Facebook's um, meaningful, where is it, um, social interaction. So basically in December, according to a CNN article, uh, the company came up with a plan to grow, get more engagement because they had less liking and resharing of posts and they thought, they thought okay, what are we going to do? So what they did is they assigned different point values to likes and comments uh, as well as RSVPs to events wherein they considered the relationship between people. So the person writing a post and the person commenting on it. And this was the new era. This reminds me a lot of Google and how Larry Page and Sergey Brin in the early days of the, um, of the search engine basically realized that a link should be a vote. And so they would consider... Um, a link from point A to point B, a vote. And what that ultimately did was made them billionaires. Facebook obviously already had market dominance when they came up with this, but this just pushes them further into that position because I'm a sucker for it. When I hop on my Facebook page um, and I see a good friend of mine um, posting something, uh, I am way more interested in that than I am um, some popular piece of content from a stranger. And so... What ended up happening was um, to, in solving their engagement problem, they essentially um, got into this world of we're all just in these insular environments um, 
in regards to what we see on Facebook. So to, in the, to quote from the article, when news feed decided to goal on meaningful interactions in November, the question came up, how can we use rigorous research and science to decide what weight should go on a like versus a comment in little over a month? So they kind of rushed this out pretty quickly. And what's fascinating about Facebook and them rolling out um, technology like this, especially around elections, um, is that they don't know how it's going to affect culture. Um, they simply do it. And then at the end of the day, um, we deal with the results of that. Now, that being said, um, if you as an individual um, are spending time on Facebook and, and you feel like your world is, you're so sure you're right. <laughs> That's a pretty good sign that uh, maybe you need to um, find someone with an opposing view when you're just absolutely positively sure that, uh, that you are right. Um, that can be a little rough around the edges um, because when we're so right, um, we lose compassion. Um, we lose compassion for the other person. Now, what TikTok and social media, they love it when people come out and say, I'm absolutely 100% right. Here's why I'm right. Um, people tend to like that sort of content because they know that it's a precarious position for the person uh, to do. Maybe they feel that way. They resonate with that. And, uh, and ultimately, you know, when, when people go too far down that path, um, they've got, they've got issues that they're going to have to deal with because nobody has a crystal ball. Um, and even the most fundamental things like love everyone, um, you know, uh, under certain circumstances can be, can be bad, you know? So like if someone is doing something horrifying and, and, uh, we don't uh, fully understand what it is they're doing and we just approve of it, that sort of thing, that's not good. So point is that, um, them rolling out these meaningful social interactions uh, without really knowing is just something that Facebook does. Um, and of course, it's going to have um, an effect on our democracy. The article continues, Facebook quickly discovered that its emphasis on MSI, meaningful social interactions, wouldn't have the same impact in every country and across every type of device. For instance, as that same November 2019 note stated, the company found in April 2018, that reliance on the metric was hurting Facebook's daily active Android users in India. The authors of the note wrote that Facebook could make up for this loss by reducing its reliance on MSI and increasingly emphasizing videos it recommended in users' feeds. So every culture is going to react differently. Um, but there you have it. MSI, now you know. Geekwire.com, why this 20-year-old entrepreneur started a VC firm to bankroll early-stage crypto startups. Atul Ajoy founded his own startup as a teenager. Um, so it only makes sense that he'd be running his own venture capital firm at 20 years of age. His new firm, Horseshoe Capital, is focusing on early-stage startups in cryptocurrency, blockchain, and related applications, commonly known as Web3 apps. So a lot of these people... Um, you know, you can get rich quick. I mean, I know someone who um, who made a ton of money in Dogecoin. You know what I mean? Like like a $400 investment can become millions of dollars. It's just absolutely wild. Um, and so early, 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 early adopters of crypto um, have made a lot of money. I was in I was in Bitcoin when it was at about 2,500, 3,000. And I thought this is, you know, seems really high. Um, ended up mining cryptocurrency for a few years. Um, and just reinvesting all of it into more mining. And the mining turned out not to be lucrative. Just holding the Bitcoin would have definitely been the move. Um, but 
just goes to show, you know, everyone, people are winning these games, they're losing these games. And so um, NFTs are very interesting, um, non-fungible tokens. Not sure if you've heard about those yet, but uh, might want to take a look. That's in the very early, early stages as well. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, um, keep your eye out for crypto scams. It can get really rough, but uh, there's going to be a whole new breed of entrepreneurs like Atul Ajoy that are doing crypto startups. Exciting stuff. TikTok dodges questions about biometric data collection in Senate hearing. This one from TechCrunch.com. It's first ever congressional hearing. TikTok successfully dodged questions about what it plans to do with biometric data. Its privacy policy permits it to collect in the app's U.S. users. In an update to the company's U.S. privacy policy in June, TikTok added a new section that noted the app, quote, may collect biometric identifiers and biometric information from its users' content, including things like face prints and voice prints. Holy smoke. Um, so Senator Blackburn ended up chatting with them, like, why do you need this? Why do you need geolocation information? Why do you need search history? Um the VP of public policy, Michael Beckerman, responded by pointing uh, out that many outside researchers and experts have looked at its policy and found that TikTok actually collects less data. That's so funny. So they're like, why do you do this? And he's like, we don't do it as much as the other guys. Um, at the end of the day, they're trying to create the best possible product. So uh, taking a look at these two sort of disparate um, sides, let's, let's look at both of them. Um, on the one hand, TikTok gets better, right? Um, I'm on TikTok. It's an incredible place. It really is. It's an amazing um, community. As I mentioned earlier, um, it's my most popular social media platform by far. Um, I get the most views there. I really like it. My sister really likes it too. It's a cool place. Um, they are going to try to collect as much data as is humanly possible. They're a Chinese company. Um, and so God knows, you know, you look at, you know, the, the Chinese Communist Party um, and the data they collect on their citizens. I mean, they literally have a social score. It's a whole thing. Um, and you can easily look at it as a nightmarish, dystopian um, unfolding of uh, authoritative dictatorships. Um, you could also look at it as just the evolution of humankind towards something that is beyond what we currently understand. The singularity um, and AI being a part of everything that we do. Again, governments are going to fight. They're going to fight back. Um, they're going to want to understand this. And ultimately, they will be able to make these rules. And the push-pull um, of this issue is going to last my entire lifetime. Um, it's what they do with the data, honestly. At the end of the day, that's where I put my foot down. What exactly are they doing with this biometric data? If it is hacked um, and accidentally lost, um, what are the threats to people's security? What is the threat to, let's say, their bank accounts? Um, there are a ton of uh, ramifications that could occur in this space. But as we move forward, we are going to better understand them for sure. But biometric data on TikTok, um, they're going to want to know everything about you because it helps sell advertising, helps create a better product. TikTok brings its video kit to desktop, web, and consoles. TikTok announced today it's expanding, according to TechCrunch.com. All links to all articles in the description offering for developers to include these building apps for the web, desktop, and console. So basically, if you're on TikTok, you can tell if someone created the video on the platform or if they created it on some other, um, like Final Cut Pro or something like that. 
This video kit is a solution which includes the share to TikTok option from third-party tools and apps to integrate with TikTok so the users can upload video files directly to TikTok from their apps editing platform. First launched in 2019, share to TikTok was the first feature introduced in the TikTok developer program. So basically, sometimes when you're on TikTok, you go, how did they do that? That's crazy. That's incredible. Um, you know, there are these... Uh, tools that allow folks to create incredible content, get it up on TikTok. You can just use like Final Cut Pro and things like that to, to um, create um, more interesting um, effects and that sort of thing. Um, ultimately, the world of video production is a never ending deep hole that you can go down if you want to. There's diamonds down there. Social media today, finding answers to the problems identified in the latest Facebook leaks will be a complex process. That's what I learned. As I've been covering Frances Haugen, whistleblowers, um, documents, her leaking, her testimony um, in front of uh, representatives, um, it's complicated. So there are definitely um, harmful impacts, say, on Instagram for teens. There are issues with hate speech. There are issues with calling for violence. There are issues with people using social media, Facebook in particular, to coordinate attacks in countries. Question, of course, is given the amount of content that Facebook has to moderate, well, don't they have to use AI? Pretty much. I mean, you're not fast enough to do it manually. You have to use computer technology to understand what is the problem, where the problem is arising from, and to do something about the problem. You've got human trafficking, criminal activity. And then, of course, you have people saying free speech. So, I mean, if you're if I'm making a joke about drug smuggling and... Uh, you know, my posts are being taken down as a comedian. That's tough. And so people use sarcasm. I mean, that is not an easy job. That being said, Haugen, according to this article from socialmediatoday.com, released another cluster of reports this week. She's the whistleblower via a coordinated effort with various major publications, which expand on these initial claims and add more detail on various aspects. And all of it is interesting, no doubt. All of it shines light on what Facebook knows about its systems and how they can sow division and angst and their broader societal impacts. Uh, the revelations also largely underline what we already knew or su suspected, which is that Facebook's lack of local language support has led to increased harm in some regions. Yikes. So basically, Hagen goes on, quote, if we had appropriate oversight or if we reformed Section 230 to make Facebook responsible for the consequences of their intentional ranking decisions. I think they would get rid of engagement-based rankings. Yeah, here we go. So basically what we're, what we're seeing is governments, whistleblowers, um, a collected effort of outsiders saying, hey, we think we know how Facebook should have their algorithm. Isn't that fascinating? Isn't that fascinating? We've got outsiders saying, look, we think we understand the societal impacts um, well enough to impose upon a private company how their algorithm should work. That is fascinating because ultimately, I mean, when in human history has anything even like this occurred, you know, where um, a group of people go in and say, hey, look, you know, um, this company needs to change the way its computer is making decisions. It's wild. We live in a wild time. Final article of the day, Twitter rising to 211 million active users, though longer-term growth targets looking harder to reach. Oh, Twitter. Why am I just not in love with Twitter? I can't help it. I was listening to this uh, gentleman talk about NFTs the other day, and he said it's all happened on Twitter. So a lot of people are using Twitter. I just happen not to be a Twitter user, and so maybe I'm just the old man on his lawn going, I don't understand. It's just never worked for me in any 
way, shape, or form. Um, but uh, there's a lot of users, 211 million. They were at 199 million daily active users in Q1 of this year, rising to 206 million in Q2. Yeah, they're growing uh, up from 199 million in Q1 of this year, now at 211 million. I mean, can't argue with that. They want to reach 315 million by 2023. But I mean, I know that sounds wild, but that that's actually not that many. Like, it, what's the population of the United States? It's like 300 and some million. USA population. It is 329 million. So, I mean, how many people are in the world? World population it's around 7 billion, I want to say. World population, 7.9 billion. So, 200, you know, I mean, it's incredible for, like, if I had that many on my platform, I'd be rich on my San Diego beach house. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's not that impressive. Um, anyway, Twitter's growing. I don't know if you care about Twitter. Let's recap the stories of the day. Um, meaningful social interactions. Um, it's about two years old and it had a huge impact on Facebook. Be cognizant of the fact that when you are on these social platforms that you, man, they are doing everything they can for you to stay on the platform for as long as possible for them to sell advertising. Um, when you post on Facebook, you're working for Zuckerberg. You just are. You can't pro you can't produce any content anywhere and have it not have value. Even a comment you leave on the blog, it all has value. Your time has value. So the time you spend anywhere has value. So be cognizant of that. You are voting with your time. People say that they're voting with their dollar. That has changed. That's also true. But you are voting with your time. Uh, so if you're on Facebook, if you're on TikTok, you are promoting these platforms by the very fact that you exist on them. Your time has value. Your time has value. Why this 20-year-old entrepreneur started a VC firm to bankroll early-stage crypto startups? Because there's a ton of money in it. Just be careful. There's a lot of scams out there. TikTok dodging questions and you know, in a Senate hearing. They're all going to have Senate hearings all the time. They're going to have offices at the Senate. You know what I mean? They're going to be going back and forth with these people. Look, Twitter said, Trump, you're off the platform, and Trump has a massive hole in his ability to reach his audience. They have incredible power, um, unlike any other time in history. These are global entities, and uh, they are a force to be reckoned with. I mean, they're almost the first step towards a one-world government, you know? I know that this is going to get a lot of people fired up, but basically, we already have global institutions, right? So don't don't tell me that, you know, uh, we're not that far away from like a world leader. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all um, if um, I mean, we already got like EU and then there's the president of the EU, that sort of idea. Um, you've got these groups that are multinational. And so it's it's a matter of time before we start thinking globally. And then individual governments will always be fighting against these global institutions. But they're the first real global force. I mean, you could argue that the church, the Catholic church, um, religions have been global forces. I mean, the Pope, is he not a global leader, world leader? So we already have world leaders, but now we've got presidents of these companies that have massive, massive uh, power over um, even politicians' ability to get reelected. So, oof, new paradigm. TikTok bringing its video kit to desktop, web, and consoles. You can check that out if you're into TikTok editing. Uh, finding answers to the problems identified in Facebook's leaks. It's complicated. Um, we've talked about it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Twitter rising to 211 million daily active users. Ladies and gentlemen, send it rising. Tell a friend, would you? Oh, my gosh. Christina. Oh, hey, Christina. <laughs> in chat. That's funny. How's it going? 
Uh, yeah. So at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for swinging by the show. Thanks for uh, appreciating the rebrand. Send it rising. Uh, 10.30 a.m. live Pacific Standard Time. YouTube.com forward slash send it rising. If you want to show us some love, why don't you swing by YouTube.com forward slash send it rising. Hit the like button. Leave a comment for the algorithm. Appreciate y'all.